Hi, this is Jason Lee, Pastor Casperland Church. Thanks for stopping by our te- weekly teaching podcast. Uh, we're currently going through the book of Hebrews all the way up to Labor Day. Uh, this will be week two in the chapter 12 of Hebrews. We're going to talk about discipline this morning. Thanks for listening. Hope you uh, enjoy. If you'd like to know more about our church, check us out at casperchurch.com, or you can go to your app store and download our app. Look for Casper Alliance Church. Look for the double C's. Download the app. Have a great day. Bye. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, so I, we're going to end my talk portion with an 11 minute video. Uh, it just is what it is. And so uh, there's this video that's been in my brain for a long time. When I hit this, I just, I couldn't get it out of my head. You probably have seen it, but we're going to, it's, it just, uh, is a capstone capstone to the, this part of the text from Hebrews 12. We're going to be in Hebrews 12, uh, next week also. And then we'll, we'll wrap up Hebrews towards right before family camp. Um, so I want to say this. This is not part of my plan. It's part of my experience this morning at the church. I, I believe that if you, as a person who loves Jesus, um, is hungry to hear from him and hungry to have him uh, impact change, transform, give you something, a nugget or whatever. If you are hungry to hear from God, it, the sources are so large. This morning, I, I've had that experience where I just hungry to hear from God right now. It's like, I'm in a decent phase from that space, right? I'm not the one delivering. I'm the one receiving. And so that's a good thing. And there's, sometimes there's unlikely sources. And if, if my position or attitude or behavior or even uh, just the way I, I look at the world wasn't the way it currently is, I wouldn't have been able to hear from the Lord. I wouldn't able, be able to hear a thing that God had for me this morning. And I, my point to that is our attitude and our, 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 our willing or... Our stubbornness in a bad way, because I've talked about being stubborn for Jesus, our stubbornness in a bad way to frame that God only operates in this space and it's the space where I'm comfortable receiving him is so wrong. And I want us as people who are chasing, following, loving Jesus to be able to be so at peace with others that they're capable, you're capable of hearing truth from other people who love Jesus as well. Because we just turn people off and turn them out and turn the dial down so we can't hear them. And there's so many people on this planet who are trying really hard to share Christ that we just miss it because we're so angry or bitter or frustrated. And we're gonna get into bitterness next week. And, and it, we just miss what God is doing. And I don't want you to miss it. I don't wanna miss it. I want us to be hungry to hear it together. And it has to do with your position, your hunger, your desire to see, to seek, and to hear from the Lord. And when you wake up each morning and go, I just wanna hear from you today, it, it, will, it, it will give you ears to hear. This is why Jesus, those who have ears to hear, let them hear, says multiple times. Are you willing to hear? That doesn't mean for me today necessarily. You get to hear me all the time. But there are, there are voices that love the Lord, that want to teach and share and speak into your life. And there are relationships that you have that none of us know about where it was a friend or a fellow believer that you've dialed out because of some sort of silly thing that happened 18 years ago in your life. And you said, I, there's no way I can hear that anymore. 
That person has no voice in my life. And I don't care if they've wounded you. The wounds need to be healed, right? But it's not their job. You gotta do the work to get right before the Lord. And you can, you'll hear from God, I promise. You'll absolutely hear from God. There are so many sources out there that wanna teach. And there's so many places where you can glean truth. Let me, hear, let me read the text this morning. That was not on the script. Technically nothing is. <laughs> I don't wanna, I'm transparent. We're in Hebrews 12. Verse, oh, let's pick up at verse four. This is where Mark ended last week. Thank you guys for preaching um, for me, the Aans, the Aan family ministry team. <laughs> Magic and juggling is coming next with card tricks and show tunes, I hope. After all, verse four says, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my children, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who never was never disciplined by his father. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our, of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable Why it is happening. It is painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Uh, I, I'm sorry for any of you who lived under a situation where somebody took that verse and used it to hurt you. I'm sorry. It's not appropriate. It's a misuse of that passage. If you were beaten hard as a kid and this verse was quoted, it's not an accurate interpretation of the scripture. And I apologize. I can't fix that wound, but I'm sorry. It's just not right. This verse has been used all over the place to mishandle the way in which we treat children. And it's not about discipline in your children. It's about pointing out, pointing out that sure, discipline's hard and tough and it does produce fruit, but it's in the hands of a flawed man. Compare that to what's happening when God takes care of his children. The whole point of this, the entire book, is Jesus is greater than. And Jesus' um, life and sacrifice and resurrection and final teachings is going to cause incredible hardship in your life if you give him allegiance. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. If you... Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Don't forget, don't forget that it's going to bring about incredible pain, incredible suffering, and incredible hardship. 
when the pastor in Hebrews is quoting Proverbs, he's not giving permission to fathers to spank their kids. He's comparing the result of discipline and what that looks like when it's received by a child who knows their father loves them and their father would do anything for them and their father would die for them. That's the comparison. Acknowledging that the pain and the suffering and the experience of following Jesus is hard and difficult and really discipline and, and God uses discipline is what, the, what it looks like it's saying here, but the discipline of following Jesus creates a, a tension, a torment, a discomfort, a hardness in living this life when you give allegiance to him. It alters our, the way in which we think and believe and follow certain things. It makes us uh, reconcile our behaviors and our attitudes and our frustrations. It makes us do things that when we love Jesus, we're like, I would never have done that before I followed Christ, but now I am. Now I'm holding uh, my wife's hand, and I never would have hold, held my wife's hand, but now I, I love her because Christ first loved me. So you, you have this emotion and this, and this generosity and this transformation of your soul to where the scales of sin and garbage fall off and you become, uh, all I can think of is Falcor, the luck dragon from Neverending Story, this beautiful like creature that God transformed. But what happens is, is we, we tend to grip and hold tight to all of the stuff that we feel created who we are and we've given ourselves permission to behave in a certain way. And then we say, and we say certain things that are just not accurate, that God is, God is putting me through a fire, through, putting me through temptation, putting me through a hard time. And frankly, I want you to delineate between persecution of the world, which is what Hebrews 12 is talking about when you follow Jesus, and the self-inflicted wound that you did by being dumb. It would be like me going to Adrienne and say, God's really putting us through a trial right now because I bought this car on a credit card in 2003. God is just really putting us through a trial. That's not true. I made the choice to go buy uh, a sports car, a 99 Chevy Cavalier. We all know about this. It's a beautiful vehicle. It lasted a mere four years. On a credit card. And I've been paying for it ever since. That's not God. That's me. When we take this verse and we start to turn it and make it about God acting upon. Now, there are things and there are trials and there are tribulations. James speaks freely about it. And we're going to get into one thing here quickly in, in John. When we turn it to that and make God this like um, divine smiter that's smacking his people, it's just not a good view of God. Now, God is going to refine his church. He's going to push his people through tough stuff. It's like saying, did the Israelites, were they, did they escape every plague in, in the Exodus? No, they didn't escape every plague. They were part of the problem too. But let's, when you give allegiance to God, when you follow him fully, when you commit all of your ways and all of your life and orient yourself, this is where, this is where what feels like hard times and discipline and punishment is actually the world conflicting with your transformed soul. You need to hear that. We tend 
to blame God as the, the divine punisher. And I'm not, there is some of that here. But when we orient our lives to Jesus, it is counter-cultural to the world. You are always going to be a conflict with the world. And if you're just coasting through life and things are hunky-dory and good, there's probably something that you haven't changed in your life that's not putting you in conflict with someone. I think about, I look at the twins over here and I think about Luke and Zach and running a business that's Christ-centered, right? There are decisions you guys have made over the last five years that are hard decisions, but because you love Jesus, they were the right decisions and they've created stress in your world and in your life. Business owners, same thing, right? I love Jesus and I'm gonna orient my business around Jesus. So I'm gonna make decisions that don't match what the world would do. And it creates conflict and tension and hardship and even broken relationships, running a radio station that loves Jesus. You have to make decisions. You know these things in our life. Now, if you bring it down to this personal level and to where we are and we start to go, you know what? As I give allegiance to Christ and I follow after Jesus, he's gonna work on the garbage in my life. He's gonna shape who I am and I'm gonna continue running into this struggle, into this problem, into these things in this world that I've gotta make a decision to say, you know what? I can't stand for that. I'm not gonna follow that and I gotta, I gotta remove that from my space and it's gonna be hard and difficult and, tr- and troublesome at times and you're gonna have sleepless nights and this is what the writer's saying. This is what the pastor's saying. Take these encouraging words. This might feel like discipline. This might feel like a hard time. This might feel like toughness. This might feel like you've got to change who you are. This might feel like all of these things that, feel, that bring you back to that PTSD to where your kid, you put over your dad's knee and he whooped you. He gave you some spankings and to remind you like, this just feels just like when I was spanked as an eight-year-old. It feels like God's just punishing me. It's not God punishing you. It's the reality of working out the hard things in your life so that you have freedom and reap a harvest of righteousness. Adrienne says, don't tell the metal spoon story. Who knows the metal spoon story from my life? Um, we, we, I mean, I wish I would have spanked Caleb a little bit more than I did just looking at him right now. I was like, man, there's an opportunity right here. Let's do it. Sit down. I'm kidding. We, um, we, we didn't overly spank, and we're we're not anti-spanking, and we're not like fired up about spanking either, right? We're kind of like, we would be what you call vanilla, which is probably a poor position, but but we did. We had a time where we we spank. It was like, a, here's the spank. One, two, three. That's what the spanking was, right? One of the practices we had, and this is like, this was probably taught inappropriately to us, and I'm just, if you feel offended by this, we can have a conversation later, I'm sorry. But um, we would make the boys go get the, the spoon. We had a wooden spoon. Um, as an unattentive father who needed to discipline his son, Carter, who was misbehaving, I was, I was not being attentive. And he was being obedient, and he went and got the spoon. He knew he needed to be disciplined. And he went and got a metal spoon. And I didn't look at it. I didn't pay attention to it. I just, I was not, I was disciplining my son without loving my son. I was going through the motions of discipline, which is not what God does. And I bop, bop, bopped him with a metal spoon. No harder. But a metal spoon on a bottom is a little bit different than a wooden spoon. It claps a little bit different. It claps hard. And his cry was different. 
and I became immediately attentive because something was different. And I looked at the spoon in my hand and I just started weeping. That was the last time I cried. I'm just kidding. It's a joke in our household. Because here's the, Carter needed discipline and he needed his father to discipline him. It was my task and job to discipline him. I was, unatten- I was inattentive to him and what was happening, just going through the motions. God doesn't go through the motions when he disciplines his children. He works out every detail and his love is unconditional. And he's actively working and it feels hard and feels heavy. That story has lived in our house and Carter reminds me on bad days. You remember when he spanked me with a metal spoon? I'm like, you need to shut up or you're gonna get it with another metal spoon. And it's just, it's become a joke in our house. But it was such a hard moment because it made me realize that if I'm not all in on the way in which I take care of my children, they, it's very easy for them to miss, be misinformed on what discipline is, what the love of the father is, and all of it, right? So there's a, there's a 900 messages in here. 900. And we have an 11-minute video. This is about suffering. This, this passage is about suffering and about the work that God does with his people as they're suffering. When you encounter Jesus, you need to expect that the world is going to fight back. Turn with me to John real quick. John 15, I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to say two, three sentences maybe, and then I'm going to want you to watch this 11-minute video with me, and then we're going to be done. Um, what's a cl- we're, No, we have a closing song. Yeah, we'll do a closing song. I'm already missing my goals. John 15, verse 18. The world hates you. This is Jesus speaking. Remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. So it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all of this because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for the sin. Anyone who hates me also hates the Father." If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without cause. If the world, verse 18, hates you, remember that it hated me first. Jesus is setting the stage already. The author of Hebrews is grabbing it and saying, remember, remember this as you feel hated as you feel like you're up against it all the time, as you're running into a wall constantly, as you continue to feel like there's some sort of pressure or discipline or thing happening in your life, persecution, remember they hated Jesus first. They hated me first. And by choosing to follow me, you've inherited this problem. This is part of the family. You now are cursed just like me as one who is hated by the world. This is Jesus talking to his people, his most love, the ones he spent the most time with, saying, you will be hated. Now here's the deal. When we confuse or conflate our poor decision-making with persecution, 
that becomes a problem. That's a whole other Bible study, and we need to get into it, and we're not going to do it today. This is not about your poor decision-making, my poor decision-making, and the stress that results from that. This is about orienting your life around Jesus and reframing how you feel towards the pressure of the world. You should expect, you should expect some sort of discomfort when you give allegiance to God. You should expect some sort of discomfort. It's coming. Now, this is a great video from Skit Guys. Um, You've probably seen it. I love it. It's all about fixing and chipping away at all the stuff in our lives. Play the video, and then we'll go into worship. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, (laughs) but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? (sighs) Yeah, I do that, don't I? I did it again. (laughs) Step right up, here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm gonna make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay, got it. Wait, wait, what are these about? These are the tools I'm gonna use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up, here we go. Okay. Oh, hey God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward, but I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, You compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Time out. (laughs) I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it any time I want. 
hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. You see, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't. Talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um, I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay chisel away just just be prepared for what you're going to find in there because I know who's inside there because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see because deep inside there this 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 little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult and I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. 
God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant... God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on, it's it's a name, it's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying, it's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, then God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. We come up. God is undefeated, we sang earlier today. He's an undefeated father working on his people. He's attentive 
to you, disciplining as we live our life, taking out everything in our life so that we reflect his son Jesus to the world. We don't want to match the world. We want to be different than the world. So when people see us, they see Jesus. They get a taste of heaven. It's kind of an anthem we're saying right now. They get to see Jesus in us. And the only way in which we can look like Jesus is if the Father who is attentive and loves us chips away at all of us and makes us more like him. Let's sing this last song together. Please stand.